the first thing I would say is to take action, make a decision. Now, once you know why, you'll figure out how. Most times people try to figure out how they're going to do something instead of why they want to do it. But the adage is, once you know why, you'll figure out all the hows along the way. This is the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, October 13th. I'm Samantha Asheris, and that was Clement Troutman, founder of Troutman Alliance, LLC, and owner of a tropical smoothie cafe. Today's episode kicks off a two-part series featuring Clement and Karen Anderson, who is the founder of Freelancers Against AB5. During a recent event here at the Heritage Foundation titled 21st Century Labor Policies to Promote Worker Freedom, Opportunity, and Entrepreneurship, Clement and Karen were members of a panel titled Why Protecting Independence is Vital for Opportunities and Flexibility. Clement joins today's show to discuss his businesses, the panel's topic of why protecting independence is vital for opportunities and flexibility, and more. We'll get to my conversation with Clement right after this. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Canaparo. And I'm Zach Smith. And we host SCOTUS 101. It's a podcast where you'll get a breakdown of top cases in the highest court in the land. Hear from some of the greatest legal minds. And of course, get a healthy dose of Supreme Court trivia. Want to listen? Find us wherever you get your podcasts or just head to heritage.org slash podcasts. Case is submitted. Joining today's episode of the Daily Signal podcast is Clement Troutman. He is the founder of Troutman Alliance, LLC, and owner of a tropical smoothie cafe. Clement was also recently on a panel here at the Heritage Foundation for an event titled 21st Century Labor Policies to Promote Worker Freedom, Opportunity, and Entrepreneurship. Clement, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, it's totally an honor, Samantha. I'm glad to be with you here. So first and foremost, tell us a little bit about yourself and your businesses. Wow, wonderful. Hey, listen, I'm, again, I'm totally honored, Sam, that you have me here, um, Samantha. You know, um, sometimes I, I hear the word Sam. I'm not sure if that was appropriate or not, but just want to say Samantha and make sure I get it right. But, um, but yeah, so the, the, the short version of the story, um, you know, retired Navy. I, I was born in Detroit, Michigan. My family was from Georgia, but um, the, the big migration north for job opportunities in the 50s. My siblings and I were born there. Ended up back in Georgia, you know, at the age of 13 and, you know, was afraid of the South, if you will, you know, at first and but adapted relatively quickly, played sports and athletics and football and things of that. And um, thought I was going to the NFL, you know, and, and football, ended up getting injured and a recruiter had my name in, in mind and, and ended up in the United States Navy. And thought I was going just for a season or two, a couple of years to save up money for school. Ended up making it a career. And um, along the way, you know, ended up getting married to, to my wife of Jackie of 33 years now. And we have, you know, two kids. And and um, let's see, after that, after I retired from the Navy, I, I became a, um, a contractor in the field of technology and cybersecurity, doing that with a great consulting firm. And. My daughter was at Howard University, and she was studying in the School of Business about the smoothie industry, you know, and so um, she was telling me about it, and, and I just happened to be coming from a, a meeting here, and um, we're in Maryland, by the way, 
you live in Odenton, Maryland. But anyway, I'm coming from a meeting, and my colleague goes, hey, you ever been to a tropical smoothie cafe? I said, no, I never heard of it. You know, so we ended up stopping. I had a smoothie and a wrap. Then I ended up resigning from corporate America, you know, to, to sell smoothies, you know. And that's the short version, you know. And the Tropical Alliance was, was founded with that in mind to to help others and by helping ourselves and uh, being committed to giving people opportunity and a healthier way of life as well. So we founded the Tropical Alliance and connected with Tropical Smoothie Cafe Corporate and the Brutus for a franchise. And we got started, if you will, back in 2017 and with no experience and was fortunate enough to, to hit the top of the top of the food chain in that in that arena, you know, and that was that was a humbling experience. So we, we soared straight to the top as this number one producing tropical smoothie cafe located in Capitol Heights, Maryland. And after that I took a deep breath and goes, what just happened? <laughs> you know, so so that was the that's the short version. Mm-hmm. That's great. I wanted to ask you before we talk more about the event itself and, and the panel that you were on, I wanted to just ask you, you know, your advice for someone who maybe wants to open their own business and sort of the challenges and the ups and downs that you faced with opening a tropical smoothie cafe. Okay. So thank you. That's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful lead in question, if you will. The answer is do it. You know, the, the answer is to, to trust your gut feeling. You know, a lot of times we have ideas and thoughts of doing things. We have these dreams in our hearts, right? Matter of fact, I've written a book as well entitled Dreams Never Die, you know, and I talk about the importance of these feelings we have, you know, that we we kind of ignore them, but they never go away sort of thing. Well, they're really real. They're visions we have in our heart, and we kind of put them on the back burner, you know, because they may not appear popular. We don't think we're qualified. Well, at the end of the day, the first thing I would say is that you can do it. Trust yourself more, you know, I found that um, we tend to think that others have more ability than we, we do ourselves, and it's just not so. We're, we're very good at what we do. Matter of fact, Sam, I think, you know, to be where you are right now, you had to learn and overcome some things to, to be as good as you are, right? And and John, in, in his role, you know, for setting up this, this wonderful medium, you know, we had to learn, right? You know, so, but we tend to forget those things when we try something new. You know, our minds are pretty much conditioned to think that since it's unfamiliar, that to be careful. And that's by design. The subconscious mind is designed that way to to be on the defensive, you know, fight or flight, right? Emotions. But really, what is really pointing to the evidence of an unknown, the, a new experience, if you will, you know, it's not necessarily fear, Right. But once we take that step, you know, once we start doing it, that's when the learning starts. So the first thing I would say is to take action, make a decision. Now, once you know why, you'll figure out how. Most times people try to figure out how they're going to do something instead of why they want to do it. But the adage is once you know why, you'll figure out all the hows along the way, whether it's looking for startup capital, experience with the right people. You know, those things come, if you will, after the fact, right after the decision piece. And it's sadly, most people try to figure those pieces out before making a decision, and they end up not making a decision. Now, when it comes to Tropical Smoothie Cafe, that's what I had to hang my hat on, if you will, that belief, you know, and, you know, call faith, if you will, you know. But it's, it's, I think it's even stronger than that. I think once you have a, 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 a decision, a heartfelt decision, if you will, in your heart, 
you're willing to pay the full price for what you want. You know, in other words, Jackie and I, you know, we've been married again 33 years. And when you have things in the heart, you know, matters of the heart don't make sense, right? Dreams don't make sense. But you will take action if it's a strong enough belief. So when I started dating Jackie, we were both working our jobs. And, and we would be up at 3 a.m. in the morning. And the conversation would go something like this. So what are you doing right now? And she'd go, nothing. And I would say, and she would ask me, what are you doing? I'll say nothing. And it's 3 a.m. in the morning. We both have to work in the morning, right? It makes no sense. But it doesn't matter when it's a matter of the heart, right? So if we really listen to what we feel and take action on it, then a learning process starts, you know, and that comes from the why. You know, when it comes to startup capital, experiences I mentioned earlier, the right people, the location, all those things that we think about when it comes to a venture, the perfect business plan. I don't think there's such thing as a perfect business plan, but I think you can have ideas that you can jot down where you're going, and then you can perfect them along the way. And I think that's the key to success in business and what we were able to leverage when we started our tropical smoothie journey. You know, it was a it was matter of fact, Jackie wasn't she wasn't even on board. <laughs> you know, she was afraid actually, you know. And but in that, you know, and that's it's kinda like if you're married, that has a place too. Um, as the saying goes, every kite needs a tail. I'm the kite, Jackie's the tail. You know, she keeps me steady. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, she just needed to believe strongly enough that I believed, you know, and we were willing to do whatever it takes to to to, to chase our dreams, if you will. And that's where I was at that point in my life. Absolutely. I wanted to shift a little bit and, and discuss further the panel that you were on here while you were at the Heritage Foundation. The title of the panel was Why Protecting Independence is Vital for Opportunities and Flexibility. Based on your experience as a business owner and just going along with the name of the, the panel, why is protecting independence vital for opportunities and flexibility? When it comes to independence, you know, this country was, was founded based on independence, right? You know, we innately want, want to freedom, you know, and free enterprise is alive and well and is tied to that, you know. Now, what does that mean? Well, the freedom to choose, the freedom to live life on our own terms, to go where we want to go where we want to go. There's a reason why, you know, we have more immigrants from other countries than any place on earth. While we have to consider putting up walls, if you will, to, to keep people out, not to keep them in. You know, my 24 years in the Navy was to preserve those freedoms, you know, that are so necessary. And our, our servicemen and women continue to do that to this very moment. You know, as I mentioned, what, what I had mentioned to another gentleman that I met a, a gentleman from Pakistan. And he told me that um, on no certain, uncertain terms, America is the heartbeat of the world. You know, and it has to make it. The whole world follows America. You know, so that innate opportunity in America is like no other place on earth. I've had the opportunity to live in Spain as well as in Japan and look at back at America from afar and travel the world. You know, and truly there's no place like home, as they say, right? You know, so when it comes to independence, when it comes to opportunity, now it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't take sacrifice. But we're entitled to the opportunity for that independence. You know, if, if let's just say the, the the example I use sometimes is let's just say I'm flying pre this is pre Uber, right? If I'm flying to uh, I don't know say Atlanta, and it's pre Uber, and and I get to Atlanta and I get a rental car, 
you know, and then I do what I'm going to do in Atlanta. Then I drive and I fly back to, to, to Baltimore. You know, I turn the, the rent a car in, if you will. Right. Then I catch my flight. And I notice when I turn the rent a car in, I may take my trash and, you know, get that together, Samantha, you know, but what I don't do is I don't vacuum it. I don't wash it and I don't wax it. And the reason being that it's not mine. You know, there's a place for ownership, right? That it has value. It's, it's emotional. We're tied to it. You know, when you give um, an individual an opportunity to be their own business owner and look in the mirror and see the boss, you know, they're productive. They don't take a lunch break. We're more productive when we're doing it for things that we believe and care about. You know, not that we don't care about our jobs as professionals, but when you own a business, that a, a business owner doesn't take a lunch break, a coffee break. They, they, they work until the job is done. You know, we don't count the hours, right? So we're more productive, the more independent we are in that right. You know, the more independent we are, the more we can help other people, the more revenue we can create, and more job opportunities for others. You know, independence is tied to that, right? And flexibility as well. You know, flexibility to serve in different capacities. If we if we can help enough people help themselves, then we have the flexibility to do like what we're doing today, the flexibility to be on a on a, a cast like this, right? On a, on a you know, on a network and share our stories and, and make everyone else even more productive. So our productivity, if you will, is tied to a place of independence. Our financial independence, you know, our personal independence, you know, our economic freedoms. Are, are, you know, correlated, they're tied together, you know, and the more economic freedoms we can exercise, the more personal freedoms we can exercise, you know, so um, when it comes to our way of life in America, it, it's a foundation is based on free enterprise and the opportunity, if you will, to pursue it, you see, and so that's what we see as when it comes to independence and flexibility, being in business for yourself and the free enterprise system. It's alive and well, and, and it'll never go away as long as we understand those core elements. You know, you, people work really, really hard and, and are very productive when they know when it comes to creating a legacy for tomorrow. All those things is likewise having more revenue than you need or more resources to help the needy. You know, that comes from it as well. So there's so many advantages, if you will. We can tap into that that dream, if you will, that can lead to that 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 you know, pursue that dream and, and see it all the way through, if you will, you know, and amazing how many more lives we can touch in the process. As the saying goes, you know, true success is how many people are better off because you live. And so in, in, in the free enterprise framework and in our independence, we can touch more lives and people can have a better quality of life for all. Something else I, I wanted to ask you about that was brought up during the panel's discussion was a proposed overtime rule that the Labor Department introduced in August. Now, according to the Labor Department's website, the proposed rule would guarantee overtime pay for most salaried workers earning less than $1,059 per week, about $55,000 per year. The joint employer rule was also brought up during the panel. I know you discussed this during the event, but for our listeners who either weren't able to attend in person or online, can you first walk us through how this proposed Labor Department rule on overtime could impact you and your business? It's really something. You know, so when it comes to hourly workers versus salaried, you know, in the in the salary construct, you know, we... We, we give our employees an opportunity to 
to earn a certain rate of pay, if you will, for a certain set amount of hours. In that, you know, we 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 can we can plan, if you will, productivity and um, what we need to accomplish in our businesses. But at the same time, allow the employees the flexibility to do to look out for unknowns. Like, let's just say uh, my store manager, Randy Blaine. You know, she's a single mom of two, and you know, and in our you know operational environment, it can get complex sometimes. But at the same time, we understand that she needs flexibility. You know, so if if she gets a call from say the school that you know her her child is sick or something like that and has to leave. You know, she has the flexibility to go see about her family, if you will, you know, and still be um, entitled to her certain agreed upon salary of pay without impacting her financially. Okay, so that's the one side. The other side, from the other way, if if we go to what we're talking in terms of the overtime rule, you know, then for a business owner, I may have to look at... um, you know, making Randy, uh, you know, hourly earner, if you will. That means every time she has to go take care of a family member, you know, she's not going to get her hours, right? That's the first thing, you know, so it's going to affect her financially as an employee, right? The secondly, you know, if, um, you know, when it comes to the impact on our business, you know, if if Randy meets her, her 40-hour week, criteria, if you will, you know, and I need her to stay longer because let's just say for security reasons, I may have a, a senior member, two senior members on on duty at the same time. But if she's maxed out at 40 hours, going beyond that, I got to pay her, um, say, time and a half, overtime pay. Well, that could be very costly for my business. I may have to go with someone who's less qualified to do those duties that really require someone more experience, if you will, which could compromise you know, the security of my business or my, my staff, if you will, you know, or affect them financially. So it, it really puts us in a, in a compromised position when we need that expertise, if you will, you know, and uh, it affects our ability to have the flexibility we need on both sides, you know, from the sake of the business, as well as for them having the flexibility as the employees. So both are impacted adversely. And then the second part of that that I wanted to ask you about was the joint employer rule. Um, same idea here. Uh, how could um, the joint employer rule, you know, potentially impact you and your business? Well, again, this goes back to the, the, the whole intent of being in business as a small business owner, right? Particularly, you know, and we speak on this particularly in the franchising realm, which Tropical Smoothie Cafe is a franchise, right? Business owners, we go into business because, Samantha, because we have dreams. We have goals and envisions of tomorrow for our children, grandchildren, or just for legacy purposes or to make a difference in our lives, you know. And, and the franchise amount in particular allows us an opportunity to do that, pursue that. And, for instance, you know, I, you know, growing up in the projects, if you're off Tyndall Heights, you know, I always wanted to be in business for myself, but I didn't know how. Right. But my military background allowed afforded me the opportunity to um, have a skill set, if you will, hint the hinge on systems and, you know, processes and procedures, you know, that fit perfectly with a franchising model of business. So for a veteran like myself, you know, to come out of, of the Navy after serving our country, you know, to have an opportunity to go into business into a franchise, it was a totally win win opportunity for us. You know, and uh, we've been, again, 
had been fortunate to be successful in that endeavor. And, you know, and many veterans like myself have had that same opportunity, you know, and we go out and we touch a lot of lives in, in, in the process, you know, the, um, you know, in our communities, we're deeply involved in every aspect of, you know, developing tomorrow's leaders, as I mentioned earlier, um, to the one panel that tomorrow's leaders come through our cafes and small businesses on the way to where they're going, you know, and we have them for a season, if you will, Gen Z and, and you name it, they all come through. Right. So we're we're totally involved and committed to to keeping that going. Now, with the joint employer rule, when when a member joins our team, they're not hired by Tropical Smoothie Cafe. They're employed by the Troutman Alliance LLC, you know, and then that, you know, we provide their 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 needs, you know, their benefits, whether it be 401k and we sit down and see what their goals are and you know, and we take that on consideration along with pay, pay and benefits. You know, all fall under the Trop, um, the Troutman Alliance LLC. You see, now what the joint employer rule is proposing is that the, those um, responsibilities get elevated to the franchisor level versus to the franchisee or the owners. That first and foremost would not be benefit the employees themselves, quite frankly because the employers really wouldn't know exactly what, who they are, right? And what their needs are. I, I just spoke with one of my assistant managers just this morning. You know, we're talking about our goals and dreams and, and things that she wants to pursue. And, and employers do that, if you will. In the, maybe not in the corporate setting as much, but in the small business sector, I know that small business owners are deeply connected to their staff. You know, and want them to succeed, obviously, because when they succeed, we succeed. You see, you know, but the other thing is that the joint employer um, proposal truly um, takes away the incentive to be in business. You know, I left corporate America, as I mentioned earlier, you know, because I want to be my own boss, not to be a, a mid-level manager. Not There's nothing against being a mid-level manager, but that's not what I signed up for. So in essence, the, the whole framework of, um, you know, the, the proposal would, you know, take away the incentive for us to be business owners, you know, and essentially be to be managers, you know. And so I think it would really be a, a devastating blow to the entire country, quite frankly, because, you know, franchising and small businesses are, are totally intertwined in our in the fabric of America. And I think this the statistics show that small businesses are the, 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 the number one um, employers, if you will, um, of jobs in America, right? And a lot of that, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm quite sure a whole lot of that flows through with the, uh, you know, the, the franchising model of business. Well, Clement, thank you so much for joining us today. Just before we go, any final thoughts? Yes, thank you for that opportunity. Yeah, the um, well, first of all, thank you and and the folks at the you know the Heritage Foundation and the great work you do for you know keeping these discussions going and relevant. You know, is is so refreshing and inspiring to know that you guys are you know doing heavy lifting behind the scenes and you know to keeping everything engaged to to preserve our freedoms. You know, and uh, we, we as speaking for all small business owners and, and employers, thank you for that. You know, but we definitely need the support of everyone out there understanding that the intent of, um, 
you know, some of these initiatives, if you will, the the adverse implications they can mean to um, the people that we serve every day and the communities we serve and America as a whole. You know, but the free enterprise system is alive and well, as I mentioned earlier. And we need to, to, to really pursue that and go and chase those dreams, man. And, and you know, because there are people waiting. The, the, the cures to cancer are out there. And, you know, and we're sitting on the sidelines thinking that we don't have what it takes when we really do. You know, so whatever it is you do, go ahead and, and go for your dreams. Because if I can do it, you can do it as well. Well, great. Thank you so much, Clement Troutman, for joining us today. It was such a pleasure to have you on. We'd love to have you back on in the future. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been totally a pleasure, Samantha. Thank you as well. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to my interview with Clement Troutman. And make sure you tune back in on Monday morning for my interview with Karen Anderson. If you haven't had the chance, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day, and we'll be back with you all this afternoon for Top News. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.